Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. UFC women's flyweight member, Rachel Ostovich, was savagely beaten. Allegedly by her husband, Arnold Burton. The two have been together for a while, been married for a couple years, and love can make you do some dumb stuff. Based on her post on Instagram and from what I can pull from Twitter since he deactivated his Instagram account, they seem to really love one another and profess to know Jesus. Family members of Burden told TMZ that he's going to argue that he was defending himself against Ostovich and that he did not initiate the violence. It's also been rumored that she's been cheating on him, and that could cause you to act out of character. Even if that was the case, though, there is no excuse for the actions that he took. He broke her orbital bone, she was coughing up blood running for her life jumping over balconies and all kinds of stuff that is not the kind of environment that you put the people you love in in the reports i've read as well this doesn't seem like it's the first time that he has put his hands on her hopefully it's the last as she has a restraining order in place until may of 2019 i'm encouraged by her most recent post which reads spend time praying for people instead of talking about them now that may be a rebuke to the trolls but it also may be a testament to her resolve and desire to see the best for Arnold from the post that I could read he said that he's a work in progress and I pray that he allows God to work on his heart so that he doesn't do anything of this nature ever again, endangering Rachel or his daughter or anyone else. Okay, let's move on to a little lighter news. There has been a price drop for the Golden Boy MMA debut show. What was $49.99, which Oscar said on different shows that I saw him on on uh the MMA hour and on Ariel's MMA show he was like I feel like this is a good price point for the pay-per-view because he's used to doing pay-per-views for boxing and charging 80 70 dollars somewhere in there yeah MMA is a bit different though and with your first card and not having it packed to the brim with top ranked talent $49.99 was too high. So, took 20% off of it. $39.99. That's closer to where it needs to be. 
but for me and for my taste it's still a little bit too high fight tv is going to be one of the people broadcasting the pay-per-view and they're taking it a step further with a black friday sale and with that sale they will be slicing the price in half that's right slashing it in two and for two hours you can get it for $19.99 that'll be between the hours of 4 and 6 p.m what time zone that is though i don't know so you're going to have to check their site periodically to find out when you can take advantage of that deal if you choose to spend twenty dollars on the fight which if i am able to find the deal your man of voice will get it and if that does happen then i will bring to you round by round coverage of the main event don't know if i'm gonna do the whole main card because again it's got some fighters of note but not a lot of fighters of note i will talk about them and this card more so later on in the main card last but not least for our headlines and hot takes jose aldo's twitter account got hacked this week and it was pretty obvious because one it was some racist stuff that was being said two and even more telling it was in english jose speaks portuguese can he speak english we believe he can but he really doesn't he's had within like the last 15 months three tweets in english three one was for his fight in calgary and that looks like that was put together by his management group plus it was taking place in an english-speaking country so it makes sense another one said two words magic kingdom it was a picture of him his wife and his daughter in february at disney and the other simply said sparring day another two word tweet and he had on and had tagged in it south coast mitsubishi so he had one of their shirts on in it uh, had them tagged in it and all kind of stuff so obviously this is a paid promotion because he's representing south coast mitsubishi which helps a lot of mma fighters they're located in california i believe so yeah it will make sense for that to be in english and not in portuguese we have enough trouble in the world as is definitely don't need people impersonating you and stirring up even more stuff all right five fans that does it for headlines and hot takes next we will step between the ropes and into the squared circle for the old one two Alright, fight fans, time for the old one, two. And in boxing news this week, Javante Tank Davis will face Abner Mares sometime in the first quarter of 2019. And Davis believes that he'll fight about three times in the new year. 
at a press conference for his friend Adrian Broner, who has an upcoming fight with Manny Pacquiao, he told Ring Magazine just that. And he said he's looking to be like his boss, Floyd Mayweather, because Davis is a member of the money team. And he wants to take the fight to Abner Maris right where he is, in L.A., just like Money Mayweather did when he debuted his money persona about a decade ago fighting Arturo Gotti at Boardwalk Hall in New Jersey. Tank said, I'm just excited to get back in the ring and do what I love to do, and that's fight. I'm ready to put on a great performance for the fans and become a legend in the sport. The title that'll be on the line will be for 130 pounds. Now, as the press conferences were taking place this week, Sports Illustrated reported on Wednesday that the band was getting back together. That's right. Manny Pacquiao will have Freddie Roach in his corner again. Now, for his last fight against Lucas Matisse, Pacquiao decided to go with his assistant trainer, Boo Boy, and that's also his longtime friend, decided to use him as the main trainer for that fight. To me, him going back to Roach shows maturity by Manny. Manny's been allowing a lot of people to talk in his ear and say what he needs, what he doesn't need, and not only are they talking in his ear, but they're getting in his pocket too. So the fact that he said, look, I'm coming back home to the man who helped make me the champion, the long reigning champion that I was, again, shows that he's getting a little wiser as he's getting a little bit older. And though he went on his own last time and had a phenomenal outcome, first time he's knocked anyone out in about 10 years, he realizes I still need the stability that Roach provides. All right, want to salute Tony Bellew, who fought uh, about a month ago, if that long, and lost to Alexander Usyk. And yeah, I really enjoyed seeing that fight on the zone. Uh, salute to the zone. Uh, but after that fight, and even before that fight, he said, look, I've done it all in my career. You know, I've had a wonderful career. And it really sounded like he was ending, or I should say, reaching the end of the road. Well, he's decided that it is time to hang him up. And ends his career in boxing with a 30 three and one record that's 30 wins three losses one draw with 20 ko's again we salute you mr bell you and pray that you have much success in the next chapter of your life all right if you want to catch some boxing this week Everything pretty much outside of a bout on Telemundo is going to be taking place on Saturday. That Telemundo bout will be on Friday, but everything else will be on Saturday. In Atlantic City, which we talked about just a moment ago, on HBO, you've got Dimitri 
Bivol was ranked number two, taking on Jean Pascal in a 12-round light heavyweight affair for Bivol's WBA title. And in Monte Carlo, Monaco, on Saturday, on the zone, you got Dennis Ledbedev, who's ranked number five, taking on Mike Wilson. This will be a 12-round fight at Cruiserweight. Winner of the fight, if Usyk decides to stay at Cruiserweight, could be a next contender for him. Khalid Yafia, also on this card, will be taking on Israel Gonzalez. Uh, Yafia, or Yafia, not quite sure how to say it. Khalid, how about that? I know how to say that. He's ranked number two in the world. This is a 12-round junior bantamweight bout. All right. Stepping out of the square circle and back between the ropes. And on the other side, we will talk one championship. One Championship presents Conquest of Champions from the Mall of Asia Arena in Manila, Philippines. Headlining the card is one of the Philippines' own. 15 and 7, Brandon The Truth Vera taking on 12 and 2, Mauro Cirilli for Vera's heavyweight title. Cirilli is a cage warrior's heavyweight titleist, and he looks to be the same in one championship. He feels he's a better grappler, and his resume speaks to that. Cirilli's been a judo national champion since his youth, and picked up BJJ as an adult. Since beginning to fight in MMA in 2012, he's had a fairly well-rounded skill set with three of his 12 wins coming by way of submission and five by way of stoppages due to strikes. With an undefeated record at heavyweight, Morrow could present the perfect storm to suppress the truth, especially with the two-year layoff for the Filipino champ Vera. Cirilli's not the only unbeaten fighter entering the cage, though as Vera has never tasted defeat under the one banner. Experience is the greatest advantage the champ has. As he started his career 10 years before his opponent and has faced much more notable competition. I mean, he's fought the likes of Randy Couture, John Jones, Shogun Hua, Fabricio Verdun, and he's knocked out former two-time heavyweight champ Frank Mir. The co-main event for this card also has a Filipino in that bout with 26 Edward Landslide Foloyang will be taking on 11-3 Amir Khan for the lightweight title vacated by the situation Martin Yuen. Edward is looking to regain that specific title because he lost it via KO in the second round to New to UN about a year ago. 
Since then, he's been undefeated. Look for the crowd to be firmly behind the landslide as he is not only a native of the Philippines, but trains with the famed Team Lakai in Baguio City, Philippines. This will be the newest installment of the budding rivalry between Team Lakai and Team Evolve as Evolve's representative Amir Khan will look to obtain the highest honor in his career. This knockout machine had a submission in his last fight and all but one of his fights has been under the one banner. So to win the title would be a crowning achievement for him. Anario the Rock Bonario at 13 and 7 will be fighting 8 and 2 Day Sung Park. This will be a lightweight affair as well. DSP is undefeated in one. He's had three fights in the organization, or I should say, he's going into his third fight in the organization. Rock is looking to rebound in a loss in his last matchup, which was a first round submission to Amir Khan, who's challenging for the lightweight title in the co main event. All right, that's it for one right now. Next up, we'll talk a little UFC. Coming to you from the Cadillac Arena in Beijing, China, it's UFC Fight Night 141. Nganu versus Blades 2. So you got 11-3 Francis the Predator Nganu taking on 10-1-1 Curtis Razor Blades. Again, this is a rematch of a fight that took place about two years ago. And it's the only loss on Blades record. He was stopped on the stool by the doctor due to an eye injury that was caused by Francis doing what he does and punching people in the face. Ever since then, Curtis has wanted to get this one back because he felt like he had just what it took to take Francis out. And this might be the perfect time to do it as Nganu is on the first losing streak of his career. For a fighter known for his wrestling, I mean, Blaze was a state champ in high school, national junior college champ, Eight out of ten of his wins have been by KO. Listen to his interview with Luke Thomas this week. Razor will look to use his wrestling to tire Francis out and then finish it later in the fight. The Predator? That man desperately needs a win as he's lost his last two in a row. More importantly, he lost his edge. He admitted that in his fight with Derrick Lewis, he was still reeling from the loss to Stipe in the title fight just before that. That kept him from being able to pull the trigger. He was just scared. He was scared he was going to get tired. He was just shell-shocked, literally. This is someone who started off 2018 undefeated in 10 bouts with highlight real knockouts 
being groomed for stardom by the UFC. And now he's in a fight for his professional life with aspirations to change lives at home in Cameroon. Francis has to win to keep the dream alive. The co-main event for this card is also a heavyweight bout. And it pits 43-10 Alistair Overeem. Now, he's got many different nicknames. The Ring, Demolition Man, Ayo. You never know what he's going to be called until he gets in the ring. And the announcer makes the announcement and says whatever nickname it is that he's using. He's going to be taking on 12-0 Sergey Pavlovich. As I stated, this is also a heavyweight fight. Sergey is a Eurasia Fight Nights as well as a Fight Nights Global vet. And he's making not only his UFC debut, but he will be competing for the first time outside of Eastern Europe. If not for being in the heavyweight division, you could probably write Overeem off as being over the hill and done with just stepping stone. But he's at heavyweight, and all it takes is a couple wins, and you can be right back in a title fight, especially if you have a name like Overeem has. Interestingly enough, Overeem was at Elevation Fight Team for this camp with headliner Curtis Blades. Will the change in scenery coupled with the experience prove to be the difference? Or will the young surging Sergey stay undefeated? We won't know until the pin drops, the cage door locks, the thumbs go up, and they start the clock. The voices marquee matchup for UFC Beijing. Pits 12 and 3. Yadong the Terminator Song versus 8 and 2 Vince Vendetta Morales. This will be contested at Featherweight. Song is unbeaten in his last five fights, with two of them being under the UFC banner. He shows a whole lot of promise, especially since those two fights he had in the UFC, yeah, they were both stoppages. One by KO and the other by submission. Seven of the Terminator's 12 wins have come by stoppage. And he's been well-rounded regarding things. He's shown he can stop you with strikes. He can submit you on the ground. Or he can grind out the W. Facing him, fighting out of Caldwell, Idaho. Vendetta makes his UFC debut coming off a win in his home state on Bellator 205 just two months ago. Before that, he got tapped out on the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series. This could be a major coup for Morales if he can beat Song, especially in front of the Terminator's countrymen. The curtain jerker for the main card, you got 15-5, and five, Lee the Leech Jingliang, taking on David Zagat Zawada. This will be tested, or I should say contested, at welterweight. And this is Zagat's second fight in the UFC. The first one was a short notice replacement fight in his home country of Germany, which moved him from 11-2 to 11-3 because it was a loss. 
the leech wants to restart his winning streak and wants to use Zawada as a stepping stone to greater opportunity because he was on the fast track to being a contender at welterweight until he suffered a loss in his last bout. My shout out for this card is going to Luis Mocha and Suma Daraji. I know I just messed that up and I'm going to mess it up again because I'm trying to say it again. Or maybe I will redeem myself. Sumu Dareji. I don't know. Anyway, he fought, and that's his first and last name, same name. Anyway, he fought just last month and he lost. So the UFC has to think a lot about him to pull him in for this card and not just pull him in, but then to bring Luis Smoker back just to fight him. Now, Smoker, on the other hand, since being released from the UFC, has run off three wins in a row. And I can't confirm where the fight is going to take place, but it looks like it may be at Bantamweight. But don't quote me because, again, I haven't been able to confirm that. It would only make sense to do it at Bantamweight since the days for Flyweight are rumored to be just a few left. Something else the UFC did while they have been in China this week is that they announced a new performance institute will be built there and it's going to be three times bigger than the one that they've got in Vegas right now. Unlike the one in Vegas though, it's going to be open to all fighters, not just those under the UFC's contract. That's going to help a number of fighters on this card. It's going to allow the UFC to develop new talent there in Asia and possibly make an impact in a region that they have wanted to have a foothold in for quite some time, struggled to do so, and is currently being dominated by the growing one championship. All right, that does it for UFC Beijing. On the next side, we will talk about Golden Boy's maiden voyage into MMA. On Saturday, November 24th, Golden Boy MMA presents Liddell vs. Ortiz 3, Wars End, at the fabulous form in Inglewood, California. I said earlier that this is Golden Boy's debut voyage into MMA, but let Oscar say it, not so much. And... To their credit, they did co-promote with Affliction years ago, but this is the first time that they will do it and do it by themselves. Over the past couple weeks, they've really tried to promote the card. I mean, I saw Tito on uh, ESPN Boxing on Friday night. You had Chuck on some different things. They've been kind of all over the place doing the media rounds, trying to get people ready for the fight which is how Oscar does it for a lot of the boxing things but for MMA it might be a too little too late I know it's combat sports but MMA fans are a bit different regarding how you market to them they need some consistency they need uh, to hear more about it than just when it's made you know 
know, you, you got to have some other things going on throughout the time to keep people interested in the fight. One thing that helps the fights often is the way that the press conferences are set up. They get to going back and forth, talking some smack. It's like, yeah, you know, you, you get excited about the fight. This press conference was horrendous, though. I mean, Oscar couldn't pronounce Chuck's name. He kept calling him Lydell. It's like, dude, it's Liddell. How do you not know the name of the person that you are promoting in the fight and calling one of the greatest to ever do it, which arguably he is one of the people who really helped push MMA to the next level. One of the first mainstream stars. Oscar said all this, but you can't say his name right. And on top of that, when Oscar was at the podium making different statements, he just seemed to be reading off a piece of paper that was put there. I mean, it was bad. I went back and watched the Canelo Chavez press conference just to see if there was a difference. Oscar only talked a couple minutes in that one, but he seemed much more energetic than he did at this press conference, which is supposed to be the beginning of something that he wants to continue to do and make money in. I would think you will put your best foot forward. And if that's Oscar's best foot, uh, I don't see how he's been as successful as he's been promoting fights over the past couple decades. Anyway, one person who did impress me at the press conference was a representative for the California State Athletic Commission. Said that this will be the first card where everyone's drug tested, including the amateur fighters. They're going to get the same treatment as the pros. Thought that was nice, and that's a feather in the cap of Golden Boy if they decide to go forward, because that really... Uh, means a lot it it helps with developing the amateur fighters so they know just what they need to have in place when they start fighting professionally a lot of times without having these kinds of things in place it can be a bit of a culture shock for them when they move from the amateur ranks into the pros i'm not sure how this card is going to go down but it's happening this saturday And all the reports say that 70 to 75 percent of the seats were sold by the beginning of this week. So from a um, gate perspective, things are looking decent. Headlining the card, as already has been stated, is 21 and 8 Chuck Liddell taking on 19, 12 and 1 Tito the Huntington Beach bad boy. Chuck is the Iceman. And the Iceman coming forth again. His last fight was eight years ago. And his last win? Yeah, that was ten years ago. Of his last five fights, he's won one of them. Four have been in defeat. And three of those have been back to back to back. And those three have been by KO. Just getting knocked out all over the place that's the reason Dana encouraged him to retire in the first place but that's also the reason Dana's encouraging him to retire that's why this fight is taking place it's been something Chuck said it's been something that 
uh, Oscar says that this fight is taking place because Chuck wasn't done fighting. He wanted to fight and he still wants to fight about three times more after this fight, depending on how things turn out. The camp really lit a fire again under the Iceman. And regardless of the outcome, he wants to stay involved training other fighters and plans to open up his own gym to do that. For Tito, man, this is the perfect opportunity to beat someone who's had his number and get an advantage in a rivalry dating back to 2004. They used to train together. Dana used to manage both of them. They did a lot of different stuff together and there's all kind of talk going back and forth as to what's true and uh, what's made up. But yeah, they don't like each other and or I should say they've had a very combative uh, relationship over the years ever since they decided to fight, you know, well over 12 years ago. Things have just been kind of rocky and touching. Actually, Tito thought everything was done until he was at a charity event with the Iceman. And Chuck said, hey, let's take a face-off picture. And that started everything. He was like, look, I want to fight again. I want to fight again. So Tito reached out to Oscar because he knew Oscar had history of promoting fights. He was like, would you be interested in doing this? Oscar was like, yeah. So his party reached out to Chuck to make sure Chuck wanted to do and here we go now I had no desire to see this fight at all until I found out earlier this week that the training videos that had been put out which were absolutely horrible 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 looking training videos I mean this week alone Chuck was warming up and he was breathing hard and had barely been throwing for like 10 seconds but all of those things supposedly was staged to look that way. Chuck historically has had Tito's number. Will he be able to knock him out again? Or will Tito's activity and recent record prove to be too much for Liddell? Co-main event for this fight is Duran Wynn, who's 4-0, taking on 10-6 filthy Tom Lawler. Win is out of Liberty, Missouri, which is just outside of Kansas City. All four of his wins are by knockout. This will be the first fight that Filthy has had since McGregor Diaz won back in March of 2016. After that, he got flagged for a USADA violation and was suspended. When it was all over, the UFC cut ties with him, which left him kind of salty. He was like, look, you could have done this earlier, but they decided to hold on to him until then, I guess really to ensure that he didn't go off and fight somewhere else and that he served out the suspension. While being suspended, he's been on the pro wrestling circuit, and it showed because that little bit of mic time that he had at the press conference, oh, he lit it up. He was like, look, I don't have anything planned, but I'm, I'm here to fight. And he just, yeah, he, he did his thing. He did his thing. That's the co-main. You also have 6-0 Kenneth Bird taking on 14-4 and 
Jorge, George Street, Gonzalez. That fight will be at light heavyweight. And I didn't say this before, but the win Lawler fight should be at light heavyweight as well. 31 and 14. American top team product Gleason T-Bow, who, yeah, he had one of the uh, longest active streaks in the UFC recently released. He'll be taking on another UFC vet, 30 and 13, Efren Escudero, and this fight is scheduled to take place at lightweight. And I'm really interested in finding out whether or not Effie is going to make the weight. Twice this year, he was scheduled to fight for the Professional Fighters League. First time he came in on very short notice, uh, came in overweight, and they let him fight. Got the win, a really kind of weird win over um, Jason High. Uh, He tapped him out, but he didn't tap him out. It was all kind of crazy. Anyway, when he knew he had to fight, he came back in overweight again, and this time heavier than he did for the short notice fight. So, yeah, I don't know how that's going to work out, but I'm interested in seeing whether or not he'll make the weight. Just really outside of the main event, this is the fight on the card that has the most name recognition. Another UFC vet, 14 and 11, YL the Gazelle Watson will take on 10 and 1, Ricardo El Gallero Palicios. Watson has gone 5 and 6 since leaving the UFC. And it really looks like he's being fed to the Combate Americas and Dana White 2's in that contender series alone. The curtain jerker for the main card pits 11 and 12. That's right. 11 and 12. Jay the Spider Killer Silver versus 8 and 1 Oscar Cota. And that fight will be at light heavyweight. Calling this card, you got Ty Grisham, Rashad Evans, and Frank Mir. The prelim fights are free on Fight TV, and as I shared in headlines and hot takes, there will be a Black Friday sale, uh, bringing the total down to $19.99 if you're interested in seeing the fight as it happens. Otherwise, you can hang on for the gifts. All right, fight fans, that's it. Let's move into the sound off for the main card. And the winner by unanimous decision is you, the fight fans. But you're not alone in winning. I win too because you have just listened to the MTMV main card with your man, the voice. And you are the reason why I compile all this wonderful information to share, to keep you in the know about what's going on in the world of combat sports and to keep up with mtmv sports as a whole make sure you follow us on twitter instagram and like our facebook page as well as subscribe on youtube 
this week it'll be even more important because if you man the voice can get the black friday special for ortiz and liddell then i will provide round by round coverage of the main card i don't know if i'm going to do the whole thing or not but definitely those last three fights i will provide round by round coverage for you if you don't take advantage of that special and or uh, weren't watching the fight but wanted to know what's going on i do that for all of the ufc pay-per-views as well as the the zone exclusives for bellator if you want to talk to me directly uh, i am the voice on all social media our podcasts get released via anchor.fm first so if you want to get it hot off the presses you want to get it fresh when it just comes out that's the place to go you can also support us monthly there or you can do so on patreon that expands our ability to bring you high quality sports content like i said i'm looking for the black friday special for the ortiz liddell fight because your man the voice has to be judicious on how he spends his funds to ensure that i'm able to bring you all of the wonderful content that i can as far as the live round by round video commentaries hoping to be able to catch uh, the wilder fury fight and some other things so anyway if you can help us with helping you it'd be greatly appreciated you can also help us by rating and reviewing on apple Podcasts. if you're an android user we are featured content on podcast republic you can also listen to us on spotify stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts sports fans rejoice my team my voice and until next time it's your man the voice and i'm sounding off Thank you.